This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, let's hear it for the boy. It's Mitch Doyle. G'day, everybody. And let's give the boy a hand. Dale Roots. Hello, everyone. I've been watching the Amazon show, The Boys, and now that song is in my head all the time. Let's oh, um, hear it for The Boys. Yeah, just because the show's called The Boys, and it makes me think of that song. So it's but, not um, the theme song of the show? You're just thinking about Well, men? no, it, uh, it is in the show. They play a bunch of old songs. Have you watched it? It's like it's always sunny in Philadelphia no. meets The Avengers. It's fucking no, awesome. No, I've heard it's good, but no, I have not watched it yet. But now you've kind of sold it, it, it more. Yeah. It's that's, always a just, hard sell, mate, to the missus to try and get them to watch any, any show that has true. superheroes in it. Well, like, what you no, need to do, Mitchell, funny. is is have crippling insomnia. So you watch TV shows while your wife and every other person you know is asleep. And then it's fine because you don't have to worry about sharing the TV. Yeah, no, nah, my missus is one of those who doesn't like the TV being on when she's trying to sleep. So, Which is nah. actually probably a good thing. makes me sleep much better. But Well, it's definitely so a good thing. 1am, Mitch is bitter about it when we watch seven episodes of a show. We have to come watch the eighth at 1am. Exactly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, um, we, we've come to the end of the regular season of the National Rugby League and uh, we've got a whole bunch of news to jump into before we do talk about the first week of the finals. There's a couple of things that happened last week that uh, we, we really wanted to get in and record about as they happened. But, we, you know, we just, you know, we all had things to do last week at various points and we couldn't really get together. So we've had a couple of days to ruminate on certain issues and uh, we will... Uh, try to address them as best we can, if perhaps not with as much passion as we might have done on the day. But uh, yeah, without any further ado, let's get into the news. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh no, it's Simi Redradra! Redradra's away, Simi Redradra! Oh, this will be interesting. Oh yes, it will, yes. Simi Renrandra. Absolutely buried it. So, uh, first of all, Mitchell, the big story of the week. Mm -hmm. South Sydney 60, Sydney Roosters 8. One of my favourite games of my lifetime, even though it it wasn't my team. (laughs) It was my second favourite Souths game ever after the 2014 Grand Final. And if you people thought that the greatest coach of the modern era going to the Broncos was going to be the number one thing on the running order. You don't know us and you You're don't know me. You're getting Wayne Bennett back, Bungard. So it's not oh, the greatest true. coach of the modern era. It's true. <laughs> pow, pow. How many times Craig Bellamy put 60 on the Roosters? None. Oh. Uh, yeah, look, we don't, we, what are we going to do game reviews? But we have, let's just let's <laughs> talk about that game. Though. We don't have to like, talk about I, this game. I wanted to do a 40-minute emergency podcast after the game. <laughs> you yeah. were both indisposed. I should have just jumped on and done it myself. Fuck me, Dad. What an unbelievable game. Like, every aspect of this was hilarious. From me saying after five minutes, we're completely fucked here, to then being com- incredibly, incredibly wrong, to Ashley Klein in the bunker robbing us of 70. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those classic teams. We've said it so many times, but like every time Wayne leaves the club, like, oh, he turned it to shit. And it's like, well, yeah, but what about the credit he gets for like guys like Jed Cartwright and Bailey Surinan and Mark Nichols and Hamay Sele and all these guys turning up and being really good? What's up with Mark Nichols being good? He's real good. Like, and Craig Walker is, you know, for the last three or four weeks, you know, he's definitely playing the best of his career. But... He, he is on fire at the moment. And like he's, well, he's all over the place as well. 
Well, Keon Kalamatangi is dead set the best bench forward in the comp. He's incredible. Like, (laughs) what the fuck's going on? This is not the same team that it was three weeks ago, and I'm not buying into this uh, uh, narrative that Souths and Newcastle have been equally inconsistent over the past few weeks. Like, Souths have been a level above Newcastle for very many weeks, and we'll get to that when we talk about those games. But, man, oh, man, like, I mean, I know that basically you draw a line through anyone that doesn't finish in the top four, and I was certainly drawing a line through Souths after they lost the Trail Mitchell, but, you know, when they're capable of performances like this and against Parramatta and the first half against Melbourne, it's like, you know, you, you do catch yourself sort of dreaming about that sort of 09 Eels-esque fairytale run. Yeah, I mean, and Corey Allen at fullback, Matt, he's one of those ones. You remember when you guys signed him, I was like, fuck, you got Corey Allen off us. But he looked like an absolute cabbage until about five weeks ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so incredible. bad on the wing. He is so bad on the wing. He's pop when he plays on the wing, he looks like he's Darius Boyd levels of taking the piss. Yeah. But at fullback, he is so good. He's been he really good for you guys. He doesn't drop anything. His link up play with his hands is fantastic. He's run he's making support runs. I I can't understand any of it. Um it doesn't make any sense. And uh, he did <laughs> handing that ball to Alex Johnston. Is the Possibly the play of the season. We're doing our MVP vote again soon, and I do want to put moment of the year, and that is getting a, a vote from yeah. me. Because, mm. so, um, I mean, under seven shit to the goddamn Roosters. Like, they, they pounded the, – like, I can't believe the Roosters lost by 60 in a two-year period where the Broncos didn't. Like, in that, that 2020 Broncos side didn't. But well, that, yeah, people are not rewarding this. It's not like the Roosters put out the kids – yeah, it's a pretty strong Roosters team. You, you're allowed to be confident, and obviously the 50 plus rule doesn't. It's not a. It doesn't mean they're disqualified from the competition. And I still think, I still think they're going to win the comp. But um, yeah, it, it, you know, James Tedesco played in this game. Luke Keary played in this game. Uh, Kyle Flanagan, their starting halfback, played in this game. Joe Rena Hargraves played in this game. One of the Morrises played in this game. Most of their starting players played in this yeah, game. Yeah, their pack played. Like yeah, and they got uh, they got. Cut up, and, and, like, that, and that's the thing about it, mate. How often have we spent time in this uh, this year, early in the year, even predicting the year, thinking Souths have no forwards? But when they play like this, it doesn't matter because they move the ball around so much. Yeah. Yardage comes from everywhere, and I think that's a, a lot of what's improved in that team. Is like when you guys had some bad games, you look at your back line, you go, Jesus, you had about sixty meters from one winger, seventy from the other, nothing from the centers this forward pack isn't good enough to take that team up the field. But when you've now got like, you know, Graham and Johnson giving 150, Corey Allen giving to near 200, Cody Walker making 160 plus meters. And then Colin Matangi, who we, we knew was a talent, but he didn't really get a shot early in the year, like coming off the bench and playing like he did. Like there's definitely a bit of, um, yeah. I'm believing in a bit of that. Like I'm not, I wouldn't say underdogs, but dark horses tied that, that you've given yeah. up. Absolutely, mate. Uh, and it, it, it is kind of cool in that regard. Like, you wouldn't be shocked if either Canberra or Souths went on a little run here um, from those bottom eight positions. Like, it wouldn't wouldn't shock me too much. Quite funny though. Parramatta are sixth favourites on sports bet, so they're below the Raiders and the Rabbitohs to win the competition. Yeah. A bit disrespectful. A little bit. They did finish third. Um, but your boy, uh, yeah, uh, your boy Alex Johnson though. We've <sighs> been on this so many times. Why the fuck? I know. I know money. I get it. People will say money. I know money is the reason why, but. That goddamn joker almost got punted from this club because he wanted to be a fullback. Idiot. He, <laughs> if he, he'd be on, he'd probably be on 130 by now if he'd stayed on the wing for his whole career. He, he, he'd be odds on to beat Ken Irvine's record. <laughs> yeah. So and if he, you guys don't know, he, yeah, he has 80 tries in 82 games on the wing. 
And then at other positions, which is fullback on the bench, he has 23 tries in 59 games. So pretty much a try a game on the wing for four seasons is more than just a fluke at that point. Like, yeah. Can you can you look up what the – I'm sure you can at work tomorrow, but I'd love to know how many Souths left wing scored in the games where he didn't play as well. So because, um, I mean, just, just against Manly alone, when he got that head knock, Campbell Graham then scored two or three tries playing on Souths yeah. left wing. So like if he just stuck there, he'd probably be he'd be probably eighty tries away from Ken Irvine now at age twenty five instead of being hundred and ten tries away at age twenty five. Yeah. He might still get there if he plays five six more years and Souths are decent in that time. He could, he's still an outside chance. I don't think he will get there, but he's got he's got a huge chance of being the um, top try scorer of the sort of modern era. He only scored in eleven games this year. <laughs> <laughs> he scored twenty tries and like I love that because like I know. I don't hate Kyle Felt, but he had such a bad year. He didn't, to me, he didn't deserve to get the, the top try score. I know that sounds like a dumb thing to say. He also led yeah. a comp in try causes, but that's also why I was enjoying it as well. I was like, just padding Johnson's stats in the game and the boys being aware of it is also the best part. Too. Yeah, that's. I'm going to go to that now whenever a player says, oh, we don't think about stats, things like that. Bullshit. Yes, you do. The whole <laughs> fucking team knew what was going on. Yeah, Johnson oh, only scored four tries last season and eight tries the year before because that's all that bullshit when he's trying to be on the at fullback. Like, yeah, unfortunate. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, it's a shame. But I mean, you know, he's he's eighty seven behind Billy Slater now for second all time. I reckon he could get there. Why not? Yeah. Why the fuck I, not? I mean, as you said, it's lofty to expect that rate to stay up, and 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 when age is going with him too, that's what would have been good to see him if he got it the last yeah. two years. He might be on, as you said, one hundred and twenty tries by this mm. point. But. Yeah, I mean, he, and he said when he resigned that his goal was to beat Nathan Merritt's record, and now he's only fifty-one away from Nathan Merritt. So that actually does seem like quite a realistic goal. You're back as you get there within three seasons if he keeps playing. Yeah, but well, anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brett Morris had a couple of years like this when he first went at the Dragons, but he had 25, then 20, but they dropped off from there. But yeah, Johnson hasn't dropped off. But anyway. Yeah, sorry. The actual news. Yeah. Before we move Look. on, like Cody Walker, though, like, of, yeah. course, of course he plays like this when there's absolutely zero chance of him getting a rep jersey. Of course. They might even uh, look at him. It's bizarre because, like, Kiri doesn't want to play for New South Wales and Cody Walker does. So, I don't know. I don't care. It's fine. Yeah, I, know, I mean, I know. That, that was unbelievable. That was a rugby. That was a good old fashioned ten out of ten from rugby league week that yes. young Cody put on. One of very, one of probably the only one this year, I reckon. Yeah, best. Well, they, they don't happen. They happen like once every five years. I or think something. there's, there's so, only like thir- there were only thirteen the whole time that rugby league uh, that rugby league week existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy, crazy. It's a shame we'll never know, but I think it probably would have been. Anyway, onto the actual news. Major changes at the Brisbane Broncos uh, with uh uh, Kevin Walters rumored to be coming in or all but confirmed as the new head coach with John Cartwright as an assistant. That's the bad, but the good is that Dave Donaghy and Craig Bellamy will be joining from the storm Mitchell. Yeah. The, the Bellamy stuff obviously isn't confirmed yet, but, and um, it's still time that he can pull out of that, but the drum is beating on the Bellamy thing. And, um, you know, obviously we haven't really spoken about the wooden spoon yet, but I, I think I had fear of the spoon like it would actually impact me when it happened, but it really just hasn't. It's like, oh yeah, we were shit. And then we got that thing. It's like, it doesn't feel any worse than what I felt a week ago. It's not the antithesis of winning the premiership. It wasn't misery. It was just like, oh, whatever, we'll move forward. So that hasn't hit me like I thought it would. Like the fear of the spoon was definitely bigger than getting the spoon. But if the punishment from my club getting the spoon is actually kicking themselves up the ass and going to get Craig Bellamy and Dave Donaghy from the storm, yeah, it's a not not much of a punishment. Yeah, <laughs> like if that's what it took for that club to learn its lesson. Like as you know, I've been on here for 
I don't need to give a Broncos round. People have been on here long enough to hear what I thought about having run a club the last few years. But if it took them coming 16th, not 12th, to do all this, thank God they came 16th. Because yeah. last year I was I was, had the shit. They made the finals, so they wanted something to happen. And yeah, if they if say if Seabold won two or three more games and they came 10th, 11th, 12th, and they just said, oh, you know, coronavirus and injuries, whatever, run it back with Seabs. We're in the same shit mess next year. Thank God they bottomed out because if they end up with Bellamy, obviously it's worth it because if Seabold's around, they don't even go for Bellamy. Yeah, that's a good point. And it does kind of, it, it does remind me a little bit of the, the talk that we had about when the Raiders kind of hit rock bottom when Ricky was coaching and they kind of had to make a change. They knew they had to make a change. It, mm. it does remind me a little bit of that. Like the Broncos know that they are to, to use a turn of phrase, like they are too big to fail. Mm. So like if, if that, as you say, this is what it takes for them to, to realize the kind of immense size of the club and the immense expectation that people have of them and to actually act on that for the best, for the betterment of the club, then like, you know, you'd probably take, if, if, if you, if you can guarantee yourself finals for the rest of, you know, the 2020s, you, you probably take it at this point. Yeah. And um, it's been quite funny because obviously I've had some people in my DMs telling me it's like, actually, no, it's a shit idea. Like, oh, you've still got Kevy and whatever. And if you get Craig there, but it's like, what well, do you think Craig Bellamy's going to do as coaching director? Just put his feet up and just sit there. Just going to be like, ah, good job, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> Great work, obviously, the, the, some of the thing, systems would still be in place of how he runs things. There'd be someone else, obviously, in action in, in Kevy. And I mean, I have no faith in Kevy. So if we end up just with Kevy and not Craig, I'll be pretty steaming. And that probably, that is, that might happen, you know? Yeah, but, that, uh, is a, that is a real, that is a real worry if I'm a, if I'm but, a yeah. Bronx fan. But how, I don't know how you can, people can try and spin a negative into bringing Craig Bellamy to your club. Like, Good, good luck to that. Because, like, yes, Kevy's their full-time head coach, but if Craig's there four or five days a week, he'll still set the boundaries up. They'll still have the same boxes you have to tick at Melbourne of expectations, probably have the similar structure in pre-seasons and how hard they train and guys have any get jobs when they join the club that aren't at footy. Probably have mm. all that. Probably still have the same recruitment now, so, you know. So what he's got is active on game day. The things that really matter and make the storm the storm are the things I want, which is, are those kind of things, a smart setup, not like... You know, getting to the game on game day, sometimes it just happens with good enough players. But Brisbane has a lot of problems with how they've operated the last couple of years that are off the field that Craig's quite good at managing. And even small things like, how about you don't pay every player on your roster a million dollars and then hope it works out? <laughs> Craig's happy letting players go and has been for a decade. Like, I want that mm-hmm. at Brisbane. And yeah, people don't spin it into a negative. It's just like, I don't know where you got, I don't know what your drip drives you to that, but Broncos hate. Like, that's all it is. But to me that you know bring his bring his son up i don't care i saw that as well but bring aaron bellamy like yeah bring him up i don't care if he's nepotism or, or any of that if it gets craig go ahead bring him in the grandkids up bring anybody up so i'm i'm, I'm all in on their all in offer obviously and the the report is like they're willing to offer him five to ten years for christ's sake but wow that's the only time i've said it in the past a five-year deal any person i'll be talking about about two about that is craig and that's it. And there's even a, a, a quote from the Storm chairman, Matt Tripp, who was um, been yelling, been mad at the Broncos last few weeks, but he even said that he knows Craig wants to be in Brisbane for 2022 onwards. So, What the heart yeah. wants, the heart will get, as you say. He wants to go back up there. You know? Well, um, I feel like what well, I said this to a couple of people, but it's like when I've gone back to Brisbane during winter and I spent like a week there, I never want to move back to Brisbane the rest of the year, right? But if I do mm. that stuff, I spend the next like month trying to find a job back in Brisbane because I'm like, fuck, it's nice and warm. 
it's good up here, whatever. Well, coronavirus has done that for us with Craig. It's locked him up <laughs> there. Not in Melbourne winter. It's nice and warm. You're getting old. Raise a family in the sun, you know, mm. the grandkids. Mm. So he's hoping. But uh, Dave Donahue also isn't announced yet, but that seems like that's locked on too. And um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to Matt Tripp's comments if both those things happen, considering he's uh, been ripping at the Broncos and being embarrassing for even trying in the first place. <laughs> Uh, but uh, the other piece of Broncos news we have to address, Mitchell, is, of course, the team did clinch the wooden spoon for the first time in their history this week. Well, yeah, I kind of spoke about that anyway. It's like, you tell me, we chat, chat about this after Bunga, but it's like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't mean anything like I thought it would yet. It, maybe it'll hurt me more in the future, but like, poor internet bands are slandering the Broncos has existed my whole lifetime. Yeah. So adding wooden spoon, I don't care, but you've, you've been there, Bunga, you won multiple spoons and... Mm. It's, it's not like you know. It's not as I said. It's not the antithesis of winning the comp. Yeah, well, that's that's basically what I said. Uh, I think we got into a discussion with someone online who said that, um, and it's an interesting argument because I can I can see the other side of it. I just don't agree with it. Is that um, so, Dale? I don't know if you saw this, but someone basically said they'd rather have rather be the West Tigers and have no spoons. Yeah, and, and one and premiership. One, yeah, like rather just, than be Broncos just, and have five premierships and one spoon. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, don't, ridiculous. Don't need to be nasty about. It. I can understand why people want to never have a wooden spoon, but oh, but like you, you've got to watch your team if you're a forty-year-old Bronco supporter. You've win got to five watch comps. your team win six premierships. Dale, yeah, five. You have got to, you have got to win, win, watch your team win six premierships. The amount of simping you do for Mitch on this podcast. No, 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 as, no, no, no. As an as an as an ARL man as you Ooh. are. Disgusting. This is my point. You have got to watch your team win six premierships. <laughs> now, whether other people think that they're real, it doesn't matter. What does what what George Costanza say? It's a lie it's if you believe lie. it. It's not a lie if you believe yeah. it. Exactly. It's not a lie if you believe it. And if I believe the spoon doesn't matter, <laughs> it's exactly. not a lie anymore. Exactly. But, just but, erase it on Wikipedia. Hang on. By that, but by that logic, when the Storm have like their functions and they tout they show off their <laughs> trophies for winning the 2007 and 2009 uh, grand did, finals. Let me remind you, they did have commemorative jerseys for those grand finals. <laughs> Great. But, so as long as we can cheat as much as we want and make fake competitions, <laughs> but we, we can tout the trophies till the end of time. Hey, I mean, you, you guys celebrate the 1909 grand final. So we won it fair and square, mate. Um, yep. It's not, yep. not our fault. The other team didn't turn up, but anyway, <laughs> You you learn to sort of, I don't think about those wooden spoons at all, whereas I think about the 2014 grand final all the time. Yeah. Um, and that, I thought that comparison was ridiculous too, because if you, cause you're putting the roosters in that same basket too. You're, putting, you're saying you'd rather be a Tigers fan than have the experience of being a Storm Roosters or Brisbane fan. It's like, well, the, the Roosters have the only winless season, I believe. So that's even once one step further. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah. I mean, would you rather be Canterbury who lost 91 to six once or be the Warriors and never win a comp? I don't know. So, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was weird, but yeah, it hasn't really yeah. impacted me yet, but I, I did enjoy the, the, the fans throwing wooden spoons at the club the next day. That was very funny. That is very funny. My, yeah. uh, my dad gifted my Broncos supporting sister a wooden spoon wrapped up as well. I did think that was quite good. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, and during the game, like when we we're up 12 nil, I actually had some nerves then like, Oh my God, we might not get the spoon. But the moment <laughs> we went to 12, six, I was like, Oh yeah, this is over. We got, we got hammered and then full time happened. And I was like, Oh, I don't have to watch that useless pack of pricks again this year. That's pretty good. I was like, that's good. It's gone. And I wasn't that upset about the spoon. 
and then I, I did um I did do the the classic hedge in my tipping comp. Like I was, people probably heard, I was in first one point ahead. I tipped the Cowboys, but uh, Warriors locked me into the win anyway. But it was like I couldn't do the whole thing of like if the Broncos lost and lost me tipping killer because i'm like the bet on league if people don't know so it's like the only thing i can like ride home now is a bloody tipping comp like i'm a fucking <laughs> yeah, seven year old man reading the paper and circling my tips in oh but how many scrums were there yeah that's it but anyway let's move past the spoon stuff i don't i don't think um i probably gave a more emotion before we got the spoon that i will give after it i just don't care that much about it mm. yeah i think that's fair um, so we'll jump into a little bit of re-signing news real quick. Uh, Tom Starling's re-signed at the Canberra Raiders. And I think, as you said online earlier, we've officially got a Damien Cook situation down in the capital. Yeah, what do they do? Like, I know, I'm, 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 they're lucky they re-signed him. I'm surprised. Like a two-year deal, they must have been agreed a few weeks ago. But like the game he played with the baby Raiders over the Sharks, like that was one of the best games I've seen from a hooker in a while as well. Like he was exceptional in that first half, and when the game was on the line, and even that tackle back driven back into the in goal at the end of the game, like he was the one who hit that hit under the ribs. But the assist with that, uh, you know, he, when he drifted left, dummy went through and chipped for Sam Williams is exceptional. But like they're in a weird spot. Hey, it's like what do you do? Like. Hodgson has been a great hooker for them, but they've been a better team with Starling this year. I think we'll probably see a thing when they end up doing, you know, Hodgson plays a bit of that ball distributor lock role for, for 20 or 30 minutes a game next year, but you can't not use Starling, right? He's too good. You can't not use him for 20 or 30 plus. Have they still got Havili on contract next season as well? I yeah. Think so. so they've got like three starting quality hookers. Yeah, you can, uh, you can yeah. use some, well... Uh, loose on uh, loose, <laughs> loose, loosely, yeah. But they've got three, you know, serviceable, let's go with. Yeah. There we go. Three serviceable hookers. Like, I mean, and I know that Havili's played a lot at lock or played kind of floating around just randomly being a thick boy uh, in the last few minutes of games. Like, it is it is very strange, as you say, Mitch. Like, they're going to have to figure out how three goes into two, kind of. Like, obviously, Havili will be the one who sits. But... As yeah, like does it, is Starling the world's smallest lock? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? But um, it is funny that like, his height. He's not that short. Like he just looks that short because it's rugby league field. But he's one seventy centimeters. Like everybody here knows someone like a Bungard who's one seventy centimeters. That's at least three feet like, tall among us. I am a hundred and seventy three <laughs> centimeters. Is that Thank with the ruler? Is that much. with the ruler pushing the quiff down, or is that <laughs> no? That's that's a quiff, laser that's level. Quiff. Quiff up, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like he's Tom Cruise's height, you know? He ain't that small. Ah, that's, unfor- look- that's an unfortunate comparison. Yeah, but he looks tiny out in the field. But um, yeah, he's been great there. And I guess it's a good problem to have, right? Rather than like the Bulldogs had that problem. They didn't even get to find out. They just lost him. Whereas um, it, it's probably more, this is going to be harsh, but it feels like Damien Cook and Robbie Farah at South because like, Hodgson's negatives are similar to Farrah's and like overplaying his hand a lot. That's a good comparison, I think. Apart, obviously, the character stuff is very different, but like, yeah, I'm a Hodgson fan, but I yeah, know. I know, I know. But as Does you that... say, like, I mean, there have been a lot of times this year where you've been like, ah, see, that was the obvious option. Yeah. Does that mean Havili is Cam McInnes? Oh, so the well, he's been at the Dragons. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he just doesn't get Cam McInnes label, but. Mate, you had like seven hookers. You're Appy Coruscant as well. Not everyone else. Uh, we, yeah, Nathan Peets was there. Bo Falloon was there. Um, my guy, Billy Britton, was like seventh choice. 
Yeah, but this is another <laughs> one of those the Tom Salmi experience. So and it's um no Knights fan is acting like they knew he'd be this good, but it's another great little cherry on top of the recruitment turd that Nathan Brown laid that apparently, you know, world's greatest recruiter, but again, had this guy sitting there, didn't use him and he ends up at the Raiders now. And not that Knights fans do be this good, but they haven't had a hooker for years and they were begging for him to have a chance. He didn't get it. And instead he ends up somewhere else, but you'll still hear the, you'll still listen on 360 or reading the paper about what a good recruiter Nathan Brown is. Cause he can sign a prop on a million dollars. Yeah. I mean that is that is the uh, that was that was the problem as you said at the at the Broncos you can't just sign everybody for a million dollars. Yeah, I mean also like, they got Craig Hodges there as his assistant, and I think we've mentioned this already. But the fact that it's like they've they've paired Brownie with the guy who was playing old Michael Gordon over AJ Brimson last year, coaching cool. duo. Wow. That is a meeting of the minds, if ever you like, say that. Brimson is, you know, one of the form fullbacks at the competition this year, and he was um, coming off the bench for that team last year. Embarrassing. Mm. And he should play Origin in the centres, but he won't because Kevy's a coward who got promoted to be the Broncos coach. What else is in the news? Bungard, you're yeah. an NRLW man. <laughs> Love the NRLW, mate. And it's back. It's back in a big way. Uh, we've got um, four teams going at it. It's, um, it's anyone's to win. Um, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So yeah, that is of course back this week. We'll have exactly the same format as last year. We'll hopefully see some expansion next year in a post COVID world, but given what we have restricting the movements of players, especially in a sport where a lot of them have jobs, uh, it's quite miraculous. We have a season at all, but it all gets underway this week. In Canberra, is that it right? It does. Yes. I'm in Canberra this weekend for for a holiday rather than uh than ah. football, but maybe I can wind it into 11:30 a.m. football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if you if you you know you can hit the museums nice and early, get in, get out. You get out to Bruce. You can watch your two games of rugby league. Stay for the men's game. Happy days. Yeah. Once I've seen the teams on paper, I know I said last week the squads are all right. I have realised there's been more players hold out. Like you just. I don't know half the players now. You know, that's an admission with the, with the women's rosters out there. But I still think the Broncos will win it just because they've got Ali Brigginshaw. That's my. That is a fair. That is a fair piece of analysis. Like you know, you can't really pick rugby league games on one player, but when it's a four team competition and she's so much better than most of the field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe you can. Maybe you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, as you said, all the games are in Canberra this week. Uh, what is it? It's like an eleven thirty or one thirty, and then. Four o'clock main game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that should be should be interesting. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to some. Yeah. And, and obviously, if you're in if you're in Canberra, if you're in God's country, get down and support. So yeah, the main the game's five forty. There, sorry, five forty. Yeah. They've got to do something about this, man. Just just have the three fucking games back to back to back with like five minutes in between. Ah, oh, that's what, too hard. The, it's, yeah, from eleven thirty a.m. and then it's fucked, like, man. Like you, especially you're sitting in a freezing cold Canberra Stadium for two hours. Like gaps, so many gaps. I don't know. Yeah, well, so it's, it's eleven thirty. The Roosters play the Saints. Broncos v Warriors at three o'clock, and then the main games at five thirty. Why is there such a huge gap between the first game and the second game? The games only go for seventy minutes as well. Uh, good question. It's the same for all three rounds. That's nuts, man. Like you just turn. Like people aren't going to go to that first game because it's just this. Unless you can leave and come back, I guess. I don't know. 
Ah, uh, yeah, leave and, come back, leave and come back to the nothing oh, yeah. around Bruce Oh, yeah, Stadium. that's right. Actually, yeah, we, actually, yes, we walked there last year. There is nothing yeah, you around. You can't leave and come back. But, yeah, you yeah. just think, I know double header sounds good, but then you realise those times apart. It's like maybe they should have just played the other one before the, the South game. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I agree. That would have been nice. Oh, well, what can you do? Uh, uh, Dean Young will be moving to the Cowboys to become an assistant, and Craig Hodges will be going to the oh, Warriors. Sense. Yeah. And yeah, then John Cartwright to the Broncos. Lots of coaching carousels this year. Mm. Um, and before we get into the game previews, we've also got uh, Kieran Foran heading home to Manly. Uh, much to the uh, annoyance of Bulldogs fans as he was given the club's player of the year <laughs> <laughs> as he walked out the door. They hate him. Yeah, well, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> I mean, they hate him too because he signed a one-year deal after turning down their one-year deal. But it's like, well... <laughs> Like he's obviously he's he's never said he's not a mercenary. He's no. And again, one year deal at, at Manly or at the Bulldogs, it probably isn't that hard of a choice for him, even though Manly did have a pretty poor season in the end. Yeah, and obviously getting to like getting to live because he was at Manly before, he obviously has a good relationship with theirs. Mm. Like he must he must feel more connected to that club and he enjoys money. So Although uh, they, he did sue Manly once. <laughs> so, well, we've all been there. Let, you know, like, let's let bygones be bygones. The part I enjoy is like Manly fans totally burnt that bridge when he left. Like he yes. was getting hammered from all directions and now he's back and it's like they're going to they're gonna talk themselves into it. They kind of have to. Like I know we've all been there. You have to talk yourself into it. But uh, not many are very happy about it through gritted teeth. And the first time he gets injured next year, they, the knives will be back out. Uh, speaking of news that drops in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the pod, uh, Luke Thompson found guilty of eye gouging. Uh, oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, didn't James Tarnow come out and say that he lied about the eye gouge? Luke, Gil- only- Luke Thompson has been found guilty of making of the charge of making dangerous contact to the eye. Open parentheses. No, no, I, I, I believe you. I'm, I'm just saying. Like yes. an hour ago at the hearing, James Tarnow apparently said, uh, "But fuck the players, man. They always say that shit." Yeah, he said he lied. He said he only made a complaint about the alleged eye gouge in order to get a penalty. Now says he wasn't actually eye gouge. If that's the case, then he should be suspended for lying. Correct. Like Sean Johnson's thing. I love Sean Johnson, but his defense was the stupidest thing ever. Same reason. Like one of his mates standing up for him, like, oh, actually, no, he didn't bite me. It's like, yeah, just one of the penalties. It's like, no, like, it's not what happens on the field, stays in the field, boys. It doesn't work like that. Especially when there's a trillion cameras. And he yeah, I was going to say, when there's literally yeah. like 11 cameras following every game. That's it. All um, right. Also, yeah. play, we may as well mention player departures and signings. Like the the Tigers, it's over for your boy Benji with no with no one nowhere lining yeah. up yet. But Chris Lawrence gone too. But they also got rid of guys like Elijah Taylor's gone, Eisenhuth gone, Ollie Clark, Rob Jennings, a few squad fillers there. But um, and then but when they, Elijah they, Taylor they, came and we were like, he was the great. That was a big player. deal. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he was good for two years. He there. was he was very yeah. good. He's just, Falling away, but yeah. Um, James Tarmel, I think, is a good get for them on two years. And I've heard, heard rumors Agreed. that it's quite low money, like 350 to 400 a year, which, if that's true, a fantastic signing. Yeah, he's been really good this year. And he's not the kind of guy I think that will just sort of pack it in for his season yeah. last couple of years in the NRL, you would yeah. think. Um, then, Becky, um, where's he going to go? No idea. Probably the Bulldogs. They'd be desperate that'd, enough. That'd be funny. Um, yeah. Paseca resigned with the with the Sea Eagles for about three years. He probably starts next year for New Orleans Gorn as well, and he's looked really good in the games he yeah. started this year. I think it's a good resigning. Jamal Fogarty also resigned for another another year. I think it's pronounced Fogarty. I hate that. Twenty twenty two. Who else resigned? There's quite a few. 
Uh, well, Adam Blair retired and was very disappointed he retired and didn't try and kill a halfback on his way out. I'm like, well, that's... me and Kemba talking the night before, like, mate, rules are off. <laughs> he didn't. He just celebrated by kicking a goal poorly, not kicking someone in their head. Like, oh, always a disappointment. Yeah. Oh, well. Any, any other any other major moves and moves and shakes? Um, Souths re-signed Stephen Masters today, and Bailey someone Cernan? else. Yeah, that's it. Bailey Sirnan. Yeah. yeah, he's been he's been surprisingly okay since he um he he played Bailey Sirnan. He's been used more. I've been surprised by that, but shouldn't be surprised by Wayne getting Batless look like first grade footballers, should I? No, in fact, that is the the default. Yeah. Uh, the default oh, for him. Nathan Pete's gone from the Titans. There you go. I didn't know that one. That's one uh, Joe Lovadour, Tristan Saylor, and Jacob Host all gone from the Saints as well. Yeah, Tristan Saylor's interesting because I don't think he's as good as his reputation is between fans. No, but, um, I, I tend to agree. But uh, he, just, he feels like he might be destined to be a career 14, but it's also like I have absolutely zero clue where he'll go. Hmm. None. Because it's not like he's being... He's been talking about leaving the Dragons for ages and he hasn't got somewhere lined up yet. So who knows? Yeah, as you say, I mean, he's there's only obviously so many clubs he can go to and I feel like a lot of the clubs are starting to fit, have already got players yeah. in mind. Yeah, I mean... Um, um, and he hasn't really played a lot either. Like no, he, hasn't he hasn't played a heap. He's not pushing for selection. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I didn't see that. Let's just preview the games, huh? There's no other news. Oh, right. Yes. I've got some news for you. Um, yeah. Adam Reynolds was the top point scorer in the NRL. So. That's good. Oh, there's nothing that bugs me with NRL, by the way. It's like, and you know, it's, this is also it's stats. It's one of my, it's probably part of my problem to fix. But anyway, the fact that like top highest point scorers given at the end of the year, which is where it should be given at end of, around 25. Yes, agreed. The records kept show the top point scorer of the whole year. Well, that's very dumb. That. Yes, because it's just yeah. like, it's, it's like NFL and stuff. Playoff games happen, but there's regular season and playoffs. Like the records are always split down to regular season. That's what it should be. Because you, you'll go back now. Like Jermaine Asako got top top point score a couple of years ago, but uh, you go if you go look at that year records, Wikipedia, Rugby League Project, NRL.com, any, any one of those, Latron Mitchell's top point scorer. Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, it's like I was, yeah. and they all do it. It's bizarre because like we were just talking the other night about how Kyle felt would he be the worst ever player to get top try score, and I went back and looked at all them on Wikipedia, and I was like. Yeah, probably. And then Campo was like, no, David Simmons got it one year. And I'm like, yeah. well, not according to this, he didn't. But then apparently <laughs> Michael Jennings scored three tries in the finals for the Roosters and got it. So I was like, well, great. Yeah, which obviously isn't actually it, but that's it. That's the nature of this piece. It's pretty easy in the split, regular and, and regular plus postseason. Or, you know, yeah, post-season. so what you're saying is we need a finals MVP a la the NFL. <laughs> I'm pro that. Yeah. Get Joel Kane on the phone, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the rule is that the player has to be capitalised. That's the rule. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. In the announcements. Uh, yeah, no other, no other news from me, unfortunately. Just looking forward to seeing some Dragons playing in October. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. All right. So we have arrived uh, after a long and, well, not that long, but a pretty arduous season we've arrived at week one of the finals as we all know first place fourth second place third fifth place eighth sixth place seventh uh will all be decided uh over the next four weeks and starting off on friday night we've got the penrith panthers the minor premiers who only lost one game this year uh rematch of the 2003 grand final playing the sydney roosters i mean this game like i couldn't be more pumped for this one it's gonna be a sick game 
Yeah, because obviously the Roosters, we all believe they're a better side than the team that came fourth. And Penrith coming first. They've deserved it all year, but people been talking about they needed a test for like 10 weeks. And Roosters in the back of that massive loss. I'm pumped. And it's a Panthers Stadium home final. Like finals at small stadiums in the first round, I like them. You know, rest of the seat, rest of the finals, I like seeing them in big stadiums. Stupid line, I draw, but I do, and so I like that. But uh, I do think Penrith are going to do it. I know, like a lot, the common upset is people think that that the Roosters are going to get them forever at this point. But you know, I'm going to stick with Penrith being how good they were all year to not have the wheels fall off. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time since they've lost, and they've looked. It's been a long time since they've looked like losing. They've had no injuries as well, though. Like, there's just they've come in first week of the finals. They got to name their best seventeen. Well, they think yeah. they're best seventeen. Like, yeah, you know, they got the last guy they needed back was like Kirk Capewell before the finals. He's been back. Like, they named what they think's their best. Roosters, you know, they've got Jake Friend out, and they've brought in, you know, they brought Morris and and um, was it Joseph Manu back into this side. But mm. yeah, and it's a very strong lineup too. But they're starting Lusick at nine, and they've got Crichton back on the bench. I just think. Supernova's been good, but I just think Crichton's been better than him. I don't know why he's not starting. But uh, it'd be interesting, but I just think Penrith will do it. Yeah. The only thing I... and Obviously, I agree with the final system and I love it. The only only sort of negative that kind of leaves you a bit ho-hum about games like this is that, you know, whoever loses this game, it's it's not over for them. It's not sort of do or die when these two teams are going to go at it this week. Um, Mm. I will say, though, um, Sonny Bill's been awful. Uh, he and, looked all right last week, and I, I thought maybe he's going to prove us wrong. But no, the, again, once the pace got up in a game, he was off the pace. Mm. Yeah. And, Funny um, that when a 35-year-old man is not up to speed with a yeah. professional rugby. And, and you know, it, it's it's probably not going to matter. Like, he's only no. really going to play 15 to 20 minutes for them anyway. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so far, I mean, I, 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 I mean I, I, we get to see the fruits of that signing I guess unless there's something behind the scenes that we're not seeing which maybe there is because obviously he's well regarded as a, as a great teammate and a great sort of person to have around but yeah yeah they're um, oh, well they're not playing Orbison for him to get that run but I just I just think yeah that roof that Penrith Packers has been too physical and I know people have done that whole stuff they haven't been tested in a big game but the, the pressure test isn't really usually week one of the finals as you said there's no they're not playing for keeps so they're just playing for home the home advantage uh, I do feel like you know they'll win, and if, and if they, as you said, if they lose, it's the, the pressure comes in the in next week in the prelims, really. Yeah, and and the funniest part about this game is they don't know whether like the team who wins could be the one that has to end up playing the Storm. Well, that's the funny part. So yeah, a, as was the case last year when Canberra upset uh, Melbourne, and then the Roosters reward for beating South is playing the Storm, who they dealt with quite easily. Anyway, Saturday, five forty p.m. The Canberra Raiders and the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, how I mean, it must be weird for both of these teams, or especially Cronulla, who played a relatively strong lineup last week. I mean, there were a few changes, obviously, but a relatively strong lineup last week against basically the Canberra Raiders' second team. Uh, and the, Ra- well- the Raiders have, I think, ten ins this week. That's a lot of ins. Yeah. Um, and the Sharks have seven of their own, to their credit. But yeah. Yeah. Shame, shame, be- shame to not see Billy Magulius playing a finals game. That is the oh, real. Look. It's true. You know, it's tough. You feel for the man. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame we're not going to see more of Jarrett Sublu. 
Yes, oh. or um, or Adam Nene Cook, McDonald. Mate. Never heard now, of that. Boy. And I know who. And I know who uh, Adam Cook is. That's a thing that happened. Yeah. Yes, you know, you're you're aware of him now, so that's nice. But anyway. I mean, it, it's it's a shame that those players who played in the NRL last week didn't get to go and win sixty six to ten in mm-hmm. a local grand final against Garland last week. Well, oh, that's well, um, a, a shame for them. But I mean, yeah, I did say before that game. I'm so glad those baby Raiders got a shot. Even better, they won. But that mm. game doesn't have a bearing on this one. No. Like. The team is firstly so different, but you might remember anyway, a couple of years ago, 2017, round 26, Manly absolutely pounded the Panthers. It was it was 28-0 after 52 minutes in that game, and then they won 28-12, but Manly blew them off the park in, in the round 26. Mm. And then come the week up, the next week, yeah, Panthers beat them in the first week of the finals, 22-10. But, uh, but uh, you know, that wasn't exactly the same story. This is different teams... Coming back, and I don't actually. I think the Sharks are going to get towed anyway, but uh, I wouldn't be picking it based on last week's aggregate. I'm picking that in its own vacuum that no Sean Johnson means they're dead. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I mean, it does worry me that Connor Tracy's eyes are so close together. I don't know what his depth perception is like. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Sharks team without SJ just it's kind of a skeleton of itself, which is a shame um, because otherwise, I think with him, this would be. Not necessarily a classic, but a very good game. It, I did like Campo's point about these two teams having to play each other in the finals or the world ends. Every four years. Every four years. It's This is our reward for missing Tokyo this year. We get to watch this game. <laughs> but I, I do um, I do like that Ricky is still so mad at Coltridge leaving that he's still playing Rapana at centre over him. So <laughs> Rapana's been named at centre over him. Semi Valame keeps his spot on the wing. I guess there's no one else anyway for it. But um, mm. It's a strong Raiders lineup, but they got you know back to their full strength. With Papali, Louis, Bateman, Whitehead to top A in the pack, and then the, the bench still has Harry Renara, Soliola, Hudson Young, and Havili off of it. But Young's been starting quite a bit, so yeah, it, I think it's a pretty strong side. Whereas the Sharks have, yeah, hit that Sean Johnson wall, and you know upsets do happen, but that looks like a team like begging for the end of season. And the fact like last week they tried that, I don't know why they tried to put Wade Graham at six. But yeah, they just tried things that failed. They've just gone back on them this week. So yeah, I don't know. I think that's a team waiting for their season to end. Mm. Yeah. I I mean, I have no strong feelings towards them, but I think Canberra will win. Yeah, I think Canberra will. I think Canberra will dust them, to be honest. Well, dust them. Put Mm. Put a margin on there. Uh, 24. Wow, big call. Big call. Mitchell? Yeah, Canberra's going to smash them. Okay. Even Golden though I Canberra. said the last game doesn't have a bearing on it. <laughs> <laughs> Canberra across the board. Um, who did I tip in the first game? I think I tipped Penrith. Yeah, why not? Penrith. Uh, I'll take the, take the, I'll take Penrith uh, five or less. Okay, fewer, but all right. No less. Um, <laughs> um, second game of... It, it's, it's the best day of the rugby league calendar on that Saturday night where you get two finals games. Yeah, this song, yes. is, this, uh, this song is a bop. I love this one. You know? yeah. like, this, is, this is one of the great days of, uh, of sport. It is. It really is. Um, anyway, so, so the second game will be the other top four clash with the uh, second place Storm hosting the third place Roosters at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Uh, before we go through the teams, is anyone giving the Parramatta Eels a chance? My my biggest question coming into this game is, is the Suncorp Stadium scoreboard wide enough for the <laughs> amount of points that the Storm are going to score? That's the real question. I mean, you talked about Innsdale. Melbourne's got 13 ins for this game. 
just disrespectful. That's what I really like to see. I mean, it's good that Craig Bellamy's getting uh, getting his toe, dipping his toe in the water in Brisbane by by naming a completely new team, which he'll probably be doing in two seasons anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I would give them a better chance if it wasn't at Suncorp. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, because yeah, the Storm no, was so good there. The Storm were the best team. No, the true. No, I th- sorry. I thought you meant that he'd give the Storm a better, no. better show. I'm like, uh, hey, you feeling okay? They're so good up there, and they've, they're, you know, they're getting, they're pretty much full strength in, in cl- close to injury free. And I, I'm pro seeing Branko Lee getting his shot on an Origin jersey through this final. So there is good. a center spot there, but they're really strong. Everyone's back in. You know, uh, they haven't really played like Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes, Smith together. Hasn't really played a game. Yeah. Uh, but they so got, they've waited until the finals to just absolutely ruin. Well, they the they basically did that last year as well, right? Yeah. They, they took the whole year to find the right spine combination, and they kind of landed on it. Um, didn't win the comp, but you know, um, well, not that close, really. Hmm. But um, <laughs> True. but um, yeah, I mean, the last time these two teams met, like none of those guys played, right? Like Cam Smith didn't play, but uh, Cooper Johns was playing, I think, in the halves, yeah. and I think Paramount Paramount shut them out, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They that did because they went from they, they they pitched a shutout, then gave up forty to South the following week, which was very uh, funny. You hate but, to um, see it. You do. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've liked a lot of what we saw from Parramatta early in the year. It does feel like they've been sort of limping to the finish line in a lot of ways. But then you you, you look at it and it's like, well, you know, obviously they've had a couple of aberrations along the way. Most notably that game against South and um, that that game against um, Penrith wasn't pretty either. But you know, they, they've still only lost. Uh, I think two of their last six going into this game, it's, it, and it is those two games that I mentioned. So that's probably against the two most formed teams in the competition. Mm. So it's not exactly, I guess, time to start panicking yet. I mean, they have had to deceive for a while. They're certainly not as good as, or not as dominant as they were in the first half of the season. And I agree with Mitch. I think that if this game was not in at Suncorp Stadium, you might give them a better chance. But I, I'm not as down on them as a lot of people are, but it's just difficult to see Melbourne losing this. But I like the Storm to win by 10 ish points. Yeah, they're pretty much only missing Dal Finucane, but they haven't had like they haven't had Pappenhausen, uh, Munster, uh, Hughes, Cam Smith, uh, Welch, Osofa uh, Solomona, and um, Bromwich in the same team since round twelve. Like, this is their strongest team they've played since round twelve. Is what I'm saying essentially. Like you know, you've got guys like Tino's back off the bench. You've got Tino and Brandon Smith off the bench. You know how good they are in that role. Maybe Osofa Solomona comes off the bench in the end. Like. This is a strong storm team that have been in form most of the year, even winning when it's been bit parts, but it's as strong as possible bar for Nukin at the moment. Whereas you've got the Eels on the other side of the field that have been kind of limping. And I know you, you've, as you said before, Bunga, the end of season doesn't matter that much, you know, if, when coming in for good teams, but I feel like they've been limping since like round. 10. Yeah, I agree with that. And you look, I think one of the biggest differences as well as the interchanges, I think you look at, Tino and Brandon Smith as obvious difference makers. Nico Hines as well can come on and create something. And then you look across at the Parramatta bench and there's not a lot to love there. I think Will Smith's probably unlikely to get very many minutes at all. Did he play the hooker last week? I can't remember. But um, And then, yeah, there's not really... Well, they've been doing that weird um, thing the last couple of games. They had the last yeah. two games. Andrew Davies started over Sean Lane. Yeah. And... um. So uh, yeah, I don't, and Sean Lane only played thirty six and twenty seven minutes in those games. I don't know what what's going on there, but I wonder if that'll change in this game too. But as you said, yeah, it's not early in the season. You had like you had RCG and Junior Paulo redlining. They were playing yeah. so goddamn well, and I just yeah. don't think they're playing that same level right now. And Dylan Dylan Brown is a huge in because he is their better playmaker in that, in that spine. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if they can do it at Suncorp. 
No, I'd, lo- I'd love, I'd love to see it. I really would, but mm-hmm. because I just think the Storm not having a prelim up there would make the competition a lot more open. Um, and that's really what I want to see just going it, forward. It for the is rest amazing of finals, to me but... how in a in a season we've had three awful teams, the NRL has still somehow got a pr- a potential prelim in Queensland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, and then well, sorry, go on. It's a, it's a funny year too, though. It's like there is to me. There's like a top six this year. Yeah, yeah. Most years we're going with like a three or a four that can win it, but this year had some really, really shit teams like mm. the Broncos, the Bulldogs, and the Cowboys who could have all won the spoon in their own respective years. Yeah. But it has like six teams that I genuinely think they're good enough to win it this year. And yeah. I think that ends at the, at the next time. Well, I, I, I think Canberra. I think Canberra and South's performances this year have given would would give their fans reason to believe they can hang with those top teams, and there's no reason why they can't beat them, and they indeed have beaten some of them. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I don't think there's any reason for them to think that they can't win. You know, and once it gets to week two, I mean, I know people talk about, oh, no one's ever wanted to come out to the top four, but once you're in week two, so are two of those teams from the top four and you're all basically in the same basket. So We have to mention this. So I, forgot, I don't know why I forgot it, but the Sharks also the only team to make the finals in the NRL era that hasn't beaten another finals team, not a top eight team. What? But And Good. also, <laughs> I thought... That's an unbelievable with, stat. I thought there was something wrong with the ladder. After the game, wow. when I checked it because the Sharks, people have pointed this out already on Twitter, Shark fans have, but they've got 20 points, 10 wins, 10 losses, 480 points for, 480 points against, five wins and five losses at home, five wins and five losses at away. Wow. I, think, what the I was like, fuck. They have like the perfect average. If you were going to do an average <laughs> for eight, you know, mostly you do some analysis and you put a competition average in. You don't have to put yeah. the average anymore because the Sharks yeah. are the competition average. Wow. The, the, the Sharks are, war, they're the baseline for war. Yes. Yeah, yeah but when I saw yeah. them being 480 and 480, I'm like, this is fuck. Something, something went wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Google, what have you done? Someone's broken this ladder. Like, no, oh, that's, that's what, what a beautiful ladder. That's great to look at. Um, yeah, it is. It's so weird. Final game of the weekend. We have the Grand Old Club, South Sydney, playing the Newcastle Knights at ANZ Stadium at 4 or 5 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Newcastle had a chance to get a home final last week, but they decided instead to give up 100 points to the Titans, which I thought was an interesting uh, tactical move. Look, it's not the wisest decision, but who are we to question their you know, methodology? Um, maybe they feel more comfortable on the road. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Well, the funny thing about that, mate, everyone, everyone just assumed that they were having a home final, mate, because yes. even if they lost, mm. well, there's no way South could win, Bungard. No. There's also not. no way South could win by that much, right? No. Well, the four yeah. against it matter because the Knights had a draw, but yeah. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, well, listen, it, it's quite funny. So, you know, as, ta- as the takesmen that we are, you have to, you often have to go down with a fiery take as it, as it fizzles out and you fall into mm. the ocean. Mm. My, your friend of mine, often guest host of this show, Harold Ramage, tweeted after the Knights game, but before the Rabbitohs game, oh, doesn't matter. I still think they'll beat Souths next week. Uh, he stuck with that after Souths then put 60 on the reigning <laughs> premiers. And I saw him on Saturday and I was like, mate, come on, do you, do you still think that? And he was swearing on his life that 100%, they're still going to win. He didn't have a care in the world. So if you ask him, it's Knights by a million. Did he... Um, did he- come to the realization that they weren't playing at home before. <laughs> like, I didn't have the heart to tell him. Uh, yeah, but, when he sta- but, but when he started talking about Turton Road and $1 pies, I was like, does he know? But yeah. yeah. When, when I saw his first tweet, like the one you're talking about, he was talking about at home as well, wasn't he? Like they're hosting their first home final in X amount of years, you know, and people should be happy. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's a tough L to take my brother. Um, and yet, 
Once again, a night season will be ended by Wayne Bennett. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm shocked <laughs> that the bookies actually back up my opinion on this game. By the way, oh my God, the root, the eels are the same outside as the sharks are. Five dollars. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a that's a bit disrespectful. That is, but um, the bookies got one thirty for Rabbitohs here for three dollars forty the night. Um, I think it's I think about the, right. The death blow. I know he's only there for a couple of weeks. Death blow to that night season was Blake Green's injury because they've I agree with that. not had yeah. answers the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've defaulted back to Kurt Mann, nine, Leno, six. Mitch Pisman in terrible form. The classic, the only half ever who gets away with that excuse that no one else who's a halfback can use is that, oh, he needs a better partner. He gets away with it. But like South played that well last week. And as you said, Bunga, they have not been as up and down as people are saying they are. They just haven't no. been. They lost, they've lost two games in three months. Oh, but they nearly lost a couple other games. Okay, but they didn't. So. Yeah. They lost if, you to play the, if you want to play the nearly game, they lost to Melbourne because it started raining and the forwards forgot how to hold on to the ball. They were crushing that game until it started raining at halftime. So if you want to play the what-if game, you can say they should have won that game. Also, the Bulldogs game, let's not pretend that uh, Daddy Wayne didn't uh, give the boys a little bit of a... Uh, yeah. Oh, just just calm it down this week and take I it I mean, easy. losing against poor teams in the last four or five rounds is less concerning than losing against good teams. I agree with that. The boys yeah. are up for the bigger ones. But in that run you're mentioning them, I know you got that lucky winning against the Cowboys. You also beat Manly 56-16 and Para 38-0. And then beat uh, beat the Roosters 60-8. to It's not like the the outlier is a 60-8. to And people go, oh, the Tigers game was close. It was like, yeah, it was close because Alex Johnson dropped the ball with a wide open try line in the second half. People forget about that as well. Yeah. Um, I will say in Harry's defense, he just said, sweeping declaration, the Knights will win next weekend. Book it. Didn't, yeah. didn't mention which stadium it would be at. Where, but. Whereas the Knights have been the picture of inconsistency. They've, been, they've just lost 36 to 6. They won the week before 42 to 18. Then they lost 42 to 12, won 38 10, and then lost 36 6. That is not what South have done the last six weeks. Mm. No, not at all. Opposite. <laughs> Um, also, uh, I mean, when these two teams played early in the year, the Knights, they, 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 if you might remember, they got out to a 20 nil lead, I think. And then Souths had that ridiculous comeback in the last few minutes and very nearly won. I think they ended up losing by two points. Yeah. But that was in, that was with Alex Johnson at fullback. I believe that was when they, that was when Troll was suspended and they hadn't realized yet that actually Corey Allen's awesome when you put him at, at the back. So, um, the way Souths have been playing the last few weeks, I know I say more than anyone that form at the back end of the year doesn't really matter, but, and whilst it doesn't, the way they're playing does, and they've shown me so much over these last two or three months. They they look like a completely different team to that team that lost back to back games to Canberra and Newcastle halfway through the year. Mm. And I would be pretty surprised if they didn't win this game. So I'm. I just don't think Newcastle have it in them to go with the pace South are playing at right now. Pace they're playing at a breakneck pace, and they're not dropping the ball enough to slow them down. And you can't slow teams down in this year with the rules this year. It, good good luck. You're not even allowed to. So. I don't think also, the New Knights can go with how fast they're going to play. Yeah, and also, is there a bigger mismatch at the moment with the six, seven, nine than Cody Reynolds and Cook, the Leno, Pierce, and Kurt Mann? Oh my god, that's it. And yeah, I mean, it is. It is quite funny. I um many many years ago, and he, he didn't change. I, I I wrote Adam Reynolds being in this certain box. Adam Reynolds belongs in the Adam Reynolds box. So these are the things he's good at. And this is what he sucks at. Yep. God, he's been good this year at the things he sucks at. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Line break assist. What a concept. Yeah. He's not allowed to do that. Yeah, he's awesome. not. And not allowed to also do like line break assist to his halves partner. Yeah, that's <laughs> they've been they're basically playing off each other's hips most weeks now. It's awesome. It's great. It's nice yeah. to watch. Like yeah. he's got eight line break assists, which isn't a, like end of year numbers are fucked this year because it's only 20 games. <laughs> but I remember for a long time there, Bungard, I haven't got his full number here, but I still remember for most of his career. Ben Hunt had more line breaks in 2014 than Adam Reynolds had in his whole career, but Reynolds That's broke the great. line. 
But Benel's broke the line five times this year, which is like he has no running game. That's not bad. No, it's not. Like, um, yeah. and, and when you've got the best running half in the comp next to you, you just need to be okay at it and also be really good at kicking, which is what they've been doing. And it's working a treat. So. Well, yeah, that's it. But that's, they've both been going both sides of the ruck. But the thing I'm impressing most about Reynolds is when he's leading shape is he's going to the line quick. Usually yeah. he used to be pretty good at when he, when he was being first receiver. He was good because he makes the right decisions and he has good ball playing with his hands. We never, he's never really fast in possession, if you get me. No. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, you're not seeing those sort of really deep sets that were definitely prevalent no. in the last couple of years of the Magi era, especially like they're, they're playing so fast and so, so shallow right now. Um, it's and awesome. It's so good. It, it is. It's so good to watch because flat and fast rugby league is like, it deceives the eye always. It makes everything look faster than what it is. And it makes every, right. it makes every decoy look better as well. So as a fan, I love watching South play at the moment. I think it was Johnson's third try against the Roosters. I think three different people offloaded to yeah. for line breaks. I think it was Keon, Cam Murray and someone else just, there was like, they got 40 yards down the field with three offloads. Then Cody, uh, Corey Allen picked up the third offload off the off his shoelaces and then flung a, I think, and then he either gave it to Cody who threw a cutout or he threw the cutout himself to AJ. They've been exhilarating to watch. They've scored some absolutely glorious tries the last few weeks, no more so than this week. And I'm sorry, uh, you, you're, not, you're not putting 60 on the defending premiers, your arch rivals. The, the, the morale around that place could not be higher than it is right now. It, just, it simply could not. There, I just can't see them losing this game. And I'm, I'll be prepared to eat humble pie if I'm wrong because like, I'm not going to sit here and make some outlandish prediction like they will definitely win or something like that. But <laughs> I would be stunned if they lost. I'd be really, really surprised. I'm sitting south by 16. Yeah, um, as you said, we're takesmen, mate. We're, and we're here you know, to die with our take. And a random person to refer to, but I saw Quade Cooper put this thing out when his brother played A-grade this week. His younger brother had his like A-grade debut. And... Um, and this is how I feel about takes, Bungard. He said, um, he, he's asked his brother about his nerves before he was going on the field. And he, and he said a question to him, you know, have you done the hard work? Yes. You know, have you made the team? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, why are you nervous? And he was nervous for his ego. And, you know, and what Quaid Can't said worry is, about it. if you played shit and, and he thought that made him a shit player, if you played well, he thought he was the man. But that has no bearing on who he is as a man or an athlete. So go out there, understand who you are and be proud of the work you've done. That's what a taxman right. is. Exactly yeah. right. Very true. A shit take does not make me a shit take. You, t- you, twist, you twist the narrative and you cherry pick stats to back up your take. It doesn't matter how it pans out. The important thing is you formed an opinion, you convinced yeah. someone else, and you went with it. That's it. doesn't matter if it was a shit take or not. Or if you, it just matters you put a take there and you can be proud of the take you, you did. Okay? Yeah. Oh, dear. All right. Uh, then, of course, we do have the two... And we already talked about the NRLW games. We'll very quickly pick them. Uh, as we said, Roosters Dragons, 11.30 a.m. Uh, the debut of Charlotte Catholic in, in the halves for the Roosters. Um, Shaq Tunga moving to the halves for the Dragons. Been interesting there. Um, their international centre pairing of Jess Sergis and Isabel Kelly should cause some uh, problems. That's a really good backline for the Dragons, just looking at it. But they've um, Sam Bremner back, which has actually pushed Bo Vetti Walsh to the other side of this lineup. So yeah. very I know, interesting. I've no idea what's going on with the forward pack, though. No, no clue. Yeah, um, Kezi Apps is so, there. So yeah, Samoa Tauf is good. Steph Hancock's good. So Elsie mm-hmm. um, Albert is she related to Darren? Can we get Can we get uh, Alia Fasavalu Falmasili called by Rabs, please? <laughs> yes, I, I yeah, we need that. Oh, um, I wonder if Kennedy Cherrington's related to Anthony Cherrington. I don't know. Yeah, I'm interested in this game though because like I'm really interested to see how Charlotte Castle goes. I'm so because... keen for it. Hey, it's gonna be sick. 
I remember Tom when she played seven. They were so impressed by her like ability to pass her long ball because it's yeah. not even trying to take a knock on these women, but it's like a lot of them didn't play footy growing up. So it's hard, you know, all of a sudden this becomes someone who can pass the ball 30 yards. Mm. But she had that in her. So I'm interested to see if she can bring that to the NRLW because it'll open. Like, we've all watched these games. The games are played a bit narrower than the men's games are. They just can't spread the balls wide. I'm interested to see if she can open the game up a bit. And I'm, uh, I'm picking the Roosters back on, on the back of her having a good debut. Is, is, it is also interesting, obviously, because she wasn't, to my knowledge at least, she wasn't a footy player at all growing up. She was an 800 metres runner, yeah. something like that. Like, she was an athlete, athlete. So, yeah, as you say, if she's going to rip out these mad, like, early 90s Ricky Stewart long passes and actually open the game up a bit more with some accurate passing, then, then I'm all for it. And hopefully that will force other women's players to evolve their game to be able to pass uh, and, and distribute the ball more, more effectively and, and, you know, more more within the game is always well, like, better. Ali Brigginshaw murders the game because she's played like footy her entire yeah. life. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, in- interesting you mentioned Catholic as well. The Dragons also have Mahalia Murphy who they've... She did play for the Jewelers a few years ago, but she's been playing rugby and rugby sevens for a few years. She's also come back to play NRL rugby mm. as well. And we- interesting to see if we see this keep... I mean, I assume this is going to keep happening. Obviously, Kenatani's in here as well, of course. So just, um, yeah, and, uh, good, to- good to see. Um, you want you want the best players playing in this competition, regardless of what code they've grown up with or what they've played in the last few years. So, yeah, yeah. And there's really no reason they can't play both. Let's face it; it's not mm. like the schedules are particularly correct. You well, know, I mean, there is no rugby seven schedule at the moment. So, well, that that's a good point, Dale. <clears throat> <Excuse> <laughs> All right. Um, also, I looked it up. Um, Elsie Albert is uh, from Papua New Guinea, so it's unlikely that she's related to Darren Albert. But I'll still <laughs> strange yeah, things have happened. I'll still, I'll still look into it. Are you still, right. still checking if uh, Kirk Baptiste is... Uh, is, is, okay. is who? There's, there's got to be a relation there somehow. There's, there's, John the Baptist. John the there Baptist. There we go. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Kirk Baptiste actually played for the Vatican rugby, International Rugby League team. Uh, yes. yeah. The, 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 uh, the Jerusalem, Jerusalem 13. That's what we hear. This, this is great chat. Um, Broncos, Warriors, 3pm. As we said, that massive gap in between games. Don't know why. Bit annoying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously a lot of new faces for the Broncos because as, as we mentioned last week on the pod, there's quite a few people who are not playing this year because of various reasons. Some of them couldn't get out of their jobs. I think someone's having a baby, blah, blah, blah. Um, another Rugby Sevens combat, Lauren Brown, did debuts on the wing uh, for Brisbane. And they've got, of course, as we said, Ali Brigginshaw, the GOAT, playing halfback. So with her and the team, really tough to bet against. On the other side, there's a lot of former uh, players from other clubs on this Warriors team because, as we know, most of their club had to stay back in New Zealand due to COVID. So they've got Kira Dib, Karina Brown, and a few others that previously played for other clubs. So it'd be very interesting to see how this ragtag bunch of uh, replacements for the Warriors does. Yeah. Um, it's it. Paul, Don- I think we mentioned last week, sorry, Brad Donald, the, the Jillaroos coach, looking after the team, and he's picked a bit of an interesting lineup. I think mean, Kira Dib getting a shot at six is good. She looked pretty talented last year. Mm. Um, um, but I know I probably shouldn't say this, but Millie Boyle is my childhood fantasy of an Amazonian from Futurama. So, <laughs> <laughs> she is the best looking woman with legs about 17 metres long I've ever seen. So, you know, Morgan Boyle's sister got all the talent and, and her looks. Her and uh, Ali Brigginshaw get me over the Broncos line. Oh, there you go. That's it. And, what you, and what's your tip? 
Kitchen. <laughs> hey, careful. But, uh, we shouldn't be talking about Mitch's tip. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies. No, it was, it, was, it was implied. It was implied. You it was didn't implied. have yes, to yes. say I it. Did, no, no. You, you, sometimes you've got to spell it out. <laughs> uh, also, yeah. just, just for the record, this, uh, the triple header is sold out this weekend. I'm not sure how many tickets are actually available. Um, but it's what a twenty-five thousand seat stadium, and they, the ACT government has some social distancing in place, but the games are sold out. So that's that's good to see. Obviously, as we mentioned before, it is a shame that there's a seventeen-week gap between games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's good to see that they'll be playing, even if it's a modest crowd. It's good to see that they'll be playing in front of a decent crowd. But yeah, uh, Millie Boyle's also one of the ones who she played for the Wallabies. No, sorry, whatever. What are they? What are they called? What are they called? Wallaroos. Wallaroos, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's it. I don't know. Uh, and I think she played for the Wallaroos again and the, the Reds last year as well. Mm. So she does the whole thing of doing both of them as well. Is the is the women's rugby union team in Australia called the Thatchers? Is that what that means? What? Oh. Oh. What? Why are they called the Wallaroos? Like at least I don't really get it. I don't really get Jillaroo either. Actually, now that I think I mean, about it, I mean, how dumb are all of our team names? That like, like other than the Kangaroos, all the kangaroo puns suck, including yes. the Socceroos. Yes, like, but I mean the like Jillaroos. Jillaroos at least makes sense. A Jillaroo is a female jackaroo. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that's that. That's a what's that? That's good. You know what what Change the men's name. Of the, to the, the Jackaroos. Jackaroos. I like no, the Jackaroos. Ja- the Jackaroos is the name of the Lawn Bowls team. Oh, well, is we that... can't use it then. Yeah. Get out of here, Roots. That's a great, that's a great name. Uh, according, uh, to, according to uh, Google, a Wallaroo is a large, stocky kangaroo found yeah. in hilly country in Australia. Yeah, a Wallaroo is yeah. kind of... It's bigger than a wallaby, but smaller than a kangaroo. And what's a but Socceroo? Uh, uh, it is... They're not very good. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> okay. <sighs> that um, yeah. that went off a ledge at the end, didn't it? Most yeah, of our well, national team names suck, though. They all, all do. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, we can, I think don't think any of them will ever be as bad as the Ice Blacks, which is the New Zealand's ice hockey team. No, Blackhawks. Blackhawks. Yeah. No, that's Black awesome. Hawks. What are you talking yeah, no, about? I say, didn't they change the Blackhawks? Are they still the Blackhawks? Yeah, Hawks? I think they got. I think it got complained about. They no, got, I'm, saying ice, I'm saying Ice Blacks is the worst. It's just terrible. Ice Blacks. <laughs> but um. Right, the black ice is all right. Yeah, black ice is good. The black, no, the black ice, singular. Right. So, yeah, that fine. Shit, ice the black, ice. the black ice is coming. That's intimidating. Yeah. Scared. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck you, you ice you get black. To put, you get put, you get to put black in the title of your team without getting cancelled. You came up with ice blacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, the, meanwhile, the New Zealand football team is called the All Whites, which is yeah. anyway. <laughs> anyway, great to hear the Newcastle fans are doing so well over in New Zealand. Moving on. Um... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Moving on to what? That's we've come to the <laughs> end. We, we're done, Dale. When we start talking about the national lawn bowls team of Australia and the national badminton team of New Zealand, that's when we know we've run out of things to talk about. We have. <laughs> so with that in mind, enjoy the games this weekend, our friends. Uh, and before we get out of here, I'd just like to give a quick shout out to our uh, Patreons, the people that are without, without you, I mean, it would be possible, but it just wouldn't be as good because we wouldn't get any money. So, um, yeah. So if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so at uh, patreon.com forward slash NRL boom rookies. And I'm just going to give a quick shout out to everyone in that Patreon who is in the top two tiers. Um, of, of pledges, uh, and I've continued to stall until right now. So we've got Carlo Tyson, Bert Andrews, Dave, Wayne Ritchie, Jack Snape, Ty, Jason, Frankie, Harvey G, uh, Never Trendy, Chris Avenel, Dan Cullinane, Matty McPee, Michael Murray, Roxanne Clark, Warwick Ahern, uh, also don't name me, which I believe is Simo, so cop that Simo, named you anyway, Alex Sergicomi, 
Tom Hardy, JSG, Thor, Laycock, Morgan Watkins. So thank you all and to everyone else that who donates. We love you all very, very dearly. Um, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Dale. Bye, Dale. And it's goodbye from me. 